Hey guys, it's Seton here, and before we get into today's show, I just real quick wanted to tell you again about one of my favorite online shops, Huckberry. Uh, it's We describe it as a cross between GQ and Outside Magazine. It's got everything from pens used uh, by NASA to backpacks worn by Navy SEALs. Huckberry sells cool emerging brands and quality gear that you really can't find anywhere else. And a lot of it is made in America, which is always something great to support. We actually just shot a Father's Day video for them. So actually, if you're listening pre-Father's Day, we have a really funny video coming out on Father's Day. And if you're listening after Father's Day, hopefully you really enjoy that video we did for Huckberry. I thought it was pretty hilarious. Some mm-hmm. pretty uh, funny video in there. Huckberry is actually a great place to get Father's Day gifts because uh, they have sort of a little bit of everything for every sort of dad in your life. They have this really awesome Swedish steel and like American hickory hatchet. Yeah, they got a lot of dad's dad stuff. A lot of dad's dad stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There was this, they have uh, a 23-year 23 23-year 23 bourbon barrel aged maple syrup from Pappy and Company, which Pappy Van Winkle, that's like I don't know, arguably the best whiskey going right. right now. Best bourbon out there. Uh, there was another uh, handsome Dan football that Fritzy was working with from Leatherhead Sports. Really gorgeous. Uh, there's all kinds of workout gear. There's I picked up some uh, some whiskey glasses for myself. They've got great watches. They've got sort of a little bit of everything that you could possibly need. And if you could do us a favor, go to huckberry.com slash show when you go visit that site because then they know that they heard about uh, their site from us. And yeah, we sort of you went credit. there from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, you know, we want them to know that, like, oh, hey, you were listening to this, and then, oh, that's how I found my way to Huckberry. You go to huckberry.com slash show, do us a solid, and uh, and use that link. And uh, we'll get into today's show. Oh, wait, we get, edit that. I want to start it over. I feel like there's a lot of major decisions about the Dan Patrick Show that happened over some beers at a bar somewhere. Well, the most important one was at the Seven Seas, which is right below our studio in Milford. And that's when we had to move out of my house, out of the attic. And I didn't have a place to go. And I said to Paulie, I said, I, I, I was worried I was going to have to say, I don't think we can do this anymore. Was the Dan Patrick show over almost even before it really took off? That That's how it sounds. That's you, how it sounds, I guess. You would know better than I would. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, hey, Brendan, how you doing? Good, Seton. How are you? Uh, yeah, so there was, I guess, I was pretty unaware of a lot of this stuff, but I guess in the early days, uh, there was, the business wasn't quite as solidified as we all thought it was, and there was a lot more questions about, like, hey, are our paychecks going to cash, or are they not? Uh, but this is actually going way back in time. And that soundbite right there comes from a conversation that I had with Dan. It's at a bar called Big Dean's that we really love in Santa Monica. It's just outside of the Santa Monica Pier. And we've spent some time there over the years, and it's been a lot of fun. It's sort of, we call it our West Coast home away from home. Yeah, it's, uh, I believe it's actually called Big Dan's. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Because the E is silent. So right. That's the what, E is uh, silent, as as Dan loves to point out. Yeah. And uh, beers and Dan Patrick are kind of synonymous, anyways. So yeah. ha- having a home base on the West Coast, that you know that that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a really cool joint. 
So actually, if you go way back before the Dan Patrick Show, this version of the Dan Patrick Show started pre-Attic, pre-everything, which is back at ESPN. That's where I really started to know Dan. I, I was working at a local radio station in Connecticut and then left there and got a job at ESPN. And after a little while, I was put on the Dan Patrick Show, which when you were there at the time, there was sort of like, not to be rude, but there were like three really big shows. It was Mike and Mike, it was Colin Cowherd, and then it was the Dan Patrick Show. And those were like the three you really wanted to work on. So to get put on the Dan Patrick Show was seen as a promotion of sorts. Like, all right, kid, you proved yourself. We want you on this team because these are the three shows that really matter to us. And, and Dan was right in there. And I think it was like a month after I got put on the show, the lead producer left. Wow. Uh, and it was sort of like they were like, all right, why don't you hold down the fort for us while we figure out who we're going to hire as the lead producer and, you know, just do the best you can sort of thing. What, what was Dan like when you first started working for him? Like right off the bat, like first impression. Uh, first impression, well, I could tell you this. I was sitting in an area of uh, ESPN radio called Screening. It was the screening department where basically you pull highlights and you cut post-game sound and stuff, and you're cutting it up for all of the shows to use that. So, like, on the Dan Patrick Show, we use sound all the time, you know, where you hear LeBron after the post-game or whatever. And so that was that area. Uh, there, there was an area there called Screening, and that's where I was first working. And I could hear somebody coming up the hallway uh, singing, he was a skater boy, said see you later boy. But there was a whole bunch of like curses and stuff in there. And I'm like, who in the hell is doing that? And as I walk, I'm like, oh my God, that's Dan Patrick singing Avril Lavigne. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, that's it, so funny. Because it, it, uh, it's funny you say the curse-laden uh, song. It's just, he's like the weird Al Yankovic of, of combining sure. horrible language into... yeah. Yeah. Pop songs. Right. And so yeah, he would he would sing um he would sing that Avril Lavigne song. He would sing The Killers as Lou Holtz. It was only a kick. How did it land up like this? Uh he would <laughs> sing uh, REM, Man on the Moon. And like this was just walking through the hallways. Like I never worked with him or anything. I never, you know, stopped to be like, Hey Dan, how you doing? Uh, you know, I just left him alone. He was Dan Patrick. I grew up watching him. I'm like, Oh my god, that's all I'm really am at ESPN. This is so sick. And so that was my first clue that I was just like, wow, this dude isn't at all what you thought he was, at least watching him on TV. But I get put on the on the Dan Patrick show and, uh, you know, Owen, the uh, lead producer, left. And that's sort of uh, then it left me open, sort of holding down the fort and traveling all over the country with Dan. Like we did the NBA finals, which it was uh I'm not sure if that was the year it was the Mavs in the Heat, maybe. Or, like, we were going to USC games in L.A., and actually he took me to Big Dean's one time. And here, I have a quick soundbite about that, actually, from Dan. Uh, do you remember the first time you took me here was at the back at the mothership? Yeah. Uh, Nebraska's in town to play USC. R Rose Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the all the fans from Nebraska were here and they're like hey Dan Patrick oh my god I feel like we in my head I feel like we spent like two hours with them but that's when they thought you were my son yeah and that's what was funny they're like we're sorry to take you away from your father <laughs> and, and, yeah. and you play along with it you're going it's okay I'm it's used okay. to it you I mean that's kind of what it is he's Dan Patrick spend as much yeah. time with him as you want yeah, I didn't care like, this is what it is. It's not just, like, getting the time with them. Yeah. And the lady says to me, so what's your name? And I said, Patrick. <laughs> and she's like, your name is Patrick Patrick? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. see, now I'm not playing along enough. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, yeah, well. 
They were in their cups. They had also, no idea. <laughs> goes with the territory. Yeah, they had no idea. Yeah. And then we got tattoos. Oh, yeah, there's tattoos. You're not supposed to have anything to drink before you get a tattoo. Accurate. Yeah, yeah. Thank God I had something to drink before I got a tattoo. That was rough. You, I think you went back-to-back -back days tattoos. And that was a heavy-handed tattoo artist. <laughs> if you weren't this little there, lady. if you weren't there, I would have walked out. I, I would have, like, I'm going, oh, my God, does this hurt. She, there, it's this little lady, <laughs> heavy as hell on your arm. <laughs> like, like I, I think Jason, <laughs> like, stabbed, you know, not as deep as she did. Yeah. Like, Dude, like I, yeah, it's, I'm okay, it's good. I felt for you, man. That was tough. It was, uh, it was really awful, that tattoo. What day. was, what was it like? Cause you, you, when we were walking down the, the pier, I remember you pointed it out to me, but what, what was, give it, me the scene. Uh, you know, so it, I mean, it's Santa Monica or like Venice beach area. I'm not sure exactly where we were, but that's, it's essentially the same stretch of land. And I was new with Dan. We were just traveling. I was just getting to know him. We were, you know, because Owen had left, I was spending all of this time in hotel bars and airport bars with Dan. And that's where we really got to know each other and sort of started bonding and just over many beers and laughs and, and stories like that of like where I'm pretending to be his son. Uh, and it got to the point where I, you know, Dan would, we would sit down at a restaurant or something and he'll be like, well, uh, you know, wait, hold on. My son will have, uh, what did you want, son? You know, and we would just do the whole thing all the time. And uh, it really all started, yeah, because of those Nebraska fans that were there in town for the Rose Bowl, and they were just punishing Dan. And, he, I mean, it was cool, though. It was fun, and he was having a good time. But He still calls you his son to this yeah. day. Well, he we'll, wants, be, a, he we'll wants, be at restaurants, and he'll just be like, oh, uh, my son will have the same beer as well. And oftentimes we're with his actual son, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of weird. Yeah. He once told my dad, and I remember my dad, like, beaming with pride. He was like, uh, we were in New York City at the ESPN Zone when they had those there in Times Square, and... Uh, my dad came up to watch us do the show, and this was still at ESPN, and he was just like, you know, I'd adopt him if I could. I lo love your son. I'd adopt him if I could. And my dad was like, oh, Dan Patrick would adopt you. This is pretty cool. That's great. That was a long time ago, you know, and there have been a lot of beers in between there. But, yeah, the, the tattoo deal was rough, super rough. It was like this just kind of a gross room. Like, you know, I, so the deal was Dan had went and got a tattoo the day before and he showed me and I was like oh damn dude you got a tattoo yesterday that's awesome and then he we were meeting for like an early dinner or maybe some beers or something and he was like come on let's go get a tattoo and I was like all right cool I'll go do that and as soon as we walked in I was like hell no <laughs> I'm not getting a tattoo here no way it was just it was like a really gross dirty place and I just didn't trust the whole situation yeah. And I was like, you know, dude, I don't know. I think I'm going to sit this one out. And Dan's like, ah, come on, do whatever. And he just sat down and got a tattoo. And this lady destroyed his arm. Like, <laughs> I mean, was it was the heaviest hand I'd ever seen. And Dan was not taking it well. He was in, he was very visibly and audibly in pain. <laughs> where he was going, ah, damn it. <laughs> like, and he was like making noises. And I hear I, I'm sitting here. I don't know Dan that well. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so awkward. Did he tip her, I guess? Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I would imagine. I would imagine yeah. he did. But that's really the, you know, when we go back to the sort of uh, origins of the show, that's really where finally when Dan was leaving ESPN and uh, he, he had left and I stayed there and then we got back in touch after like a month or something. And at one point he was just like, he had sent me a message that said, are you happy? And I was like, oh, I got a new job. Nice. I knew right there. I was like, yo, he's starting a new, a new thing, and wherever he's going, I'm going with him for sure.
That's awesome. Yeah. At the time, I was single and and I'm in my twenties and like had no responsibilities. And that's kind of the time that you take a jump like that. You yeah. know, you make that leap when there's an established guy like Dan Patrick who's like, "Hey, dude, I'm going to start a new company. Uh, do you want to come with me?" Go all in. Yeah. Like hell yeah, dude. Of yeah. course I want to do. Are you crazy? Yeah. It's like the coolest thing. But that's how we ended up in Dan's attic. Yeah. And then you were, I, I, Paul always told me this story a bunch of times down at Seven Seas, right below where we are now, about them, you know, him and Dan sitting there and being like, okay, so we have to leave the attic now, though, because right. the neighborhood found out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so apparently, like, there's a neighborhood association and stuff, and maybe, I guess you're not supposed to run a business out of your house. And yeah, he brought in, there was only three or four of us there. Like, Andrew came up occasionally, but me, Todd... And Paul were there, and then eventually we got another guy who was working on the show for a little while, who was sort of, he predated two-a-days, but he was working there. So then that's four cars, and mm. we couldn't really park in Dan's driveway, so then we had to park out in the street, and I think people started complaining. We're like, hey, what are you doing up there? And then, so then there was a little while that we were parking about a half mile away, down in front of somebody else's house, nice. and then they started calling the cops, so they got mad, and there was like always this juggling of parking spaces when we're in the attic. Right. Uh, that was just kind of funny. But, you know, I actually have a little bit of a bone to pick about that story about the seven seas. Yeah. Which I'll do right after this, but I'll let Dan sort of tell the, the story of how the Dan Patrick show left the attic. I feel like there's a lot of major decisions about the Dan Patrick show that happened over some beers at a bar somewhere. Well, the most important one was at the seven seas, which is right below our studio in Milford. And that's when we had to move out of my house, out of the attic. And I didn't have a place to go. And I said to Paulie, I said, I... I, I was worried I was going to have to say, I don't think we can do this anymore. Yeah. So I meet Paulie at the Seas. We're at the corner of the bar. It's Paulie and myself and the owner of the Seven Seas, Rich Smith. We start talking about we got to move out of the house. And he goes, I got a dance studio I hadn't been used in 20 years upstairs. We go up and look at it. And he said, can, I said, can we do whatever we want? He goes, yes. If we don't go to the seas that day, if he's not there that day, I don't know where we go. Mm. So that's how important that, that day was. And just in case something else important happens, I try to go to the seas every day of my life from now on. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I tell my wife, hon, I've got to go to the seas. I, I just have to. I don't know what else is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So beer and wings. See yeah. ya, hon. Uh, that's great. But, but you're right. But also, when we go on the road, Paulie is really good. And you are too. Of let's try this bar. Yeah. So it's not like let's go to Applebee's or Chili's or it's let's find something that's unique to that area. And that's what I love about this is you're letting people in. I I did I I didn't want to do this because I didn't want people to know about Big D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh god, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Now now everybody's coming to, to where I go. Yeah, I guess I don't know that we could really keep Big Dean's a secret since its location is right there. But it is funny now. Every time we go there, there's always fans of the show that are there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? Mary, right? Yeah, Mary Francis. Legend. Absolutely a legendary human being. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen anybody chug beer like that. That's wild. Yeah. So you said you had a bone to pick? So the story is that Paul and Dan were sitting down at the Seven Seas talking to... Uh, the owner, and he was just like, oh, well, I got this old dance studio up there. Why don't you come up and check it out? And Dan went up there, checked it out, went downstairs, got Paulie, and then they checked it out or whatever. I was there. 
<laughs> I was there for the whole thing. I was I was sitting there like eating food with these guys, and I remember sitting with Paul being like, "Hey, I don't know." And Dan came back back down through the kitchen and was like, "Come on, boys, come check this out." And we went up there. But interesting, because both Paulie and Dan have told this story. Is there might need to be a little I team investigation on this. I've tried to correct the record on this for ten years, and it never happens. Just gets buried. It never happens. Not that it's like actually that big of a bone to pick but it's like well i was actually there for that thing too so and i still have the pictures that i took that day of like the holes in the walls and the there was a refrigerator in here and a mannequin in the window and i went through the place uh taking pictures and and then sent them to all the guys so they had a memory of what the studio looked like when they called back to chicago which was our offices then been like hey i think we found this spot anyway no big deal Mm, small fries Small, Small fries. fries. I'm over it now. It's really oh, no big deal. Yeah, yeah clearly. <laughs> <laughs> it only took me starting my own podcast to finally get it on the record that I was there the day Dan found this studio space. But. Hey, whatever therapy you need to talk it out, that's what I'm here for. That's what the listeners are here for. <laughs> this uh, Maybe doing this podcast will help me not need therapy when this is all over. We can pull up a couch and you can lay down while we, uh, while gonna we do a, this. I think there's got to be a lot of therapy. True story. <laughs> True story. Uh, You know what I wasn't there, though, for is the time that Dan uh, found Big Dean's, which really that's what this whole episode of Off the Seat and Path was sort of about, you know, our favorite bar out there. And actually, if you go to the Dan Patrick Show app, you can watch the Big Dean's episode, which has a lot more sound bites and a lot of footage. Uh, Mary Francis is in there giving everybody the middle finger, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Um, I don't know how much beer chugging is in there, but if you go to, to Big Dean's in person and people start chugging beers, it is just it's it's the coolest thing because you just don't believe people can actually do that. But yeah, so there's a yeah, go to the Dan Patrick Show app and check out this episode of Off the Seat and Path where uh, me and Dan are just sort of like rapping about one of our favorite bars out there. Uh, and like I said, I wasn't there when Dan uh, discovered this place, but I sure am happy that he let us all in. We'll let Dan tell that story. I'd stay in Santa Monica and I was out here for the NBA finals and I remember walking down just along the pier and I just, it, you know, it was there, Big Dean's, and I thought, all right, let me s- stop in, and then all of a sudden, I'm at the bar, sitting there by myself, having a burger, beer, and then I went, I yeah. could do this. I'm yeah. like, this is fun. I, yeah. I could do this again. This is the kind of place that this bar in this area with these views and this lifestyle that would make you want to move to California. You could consider, you know, and this might not be so bad if you did this every day. If I would... If I could be a local, I could be a local right here. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know that you can. No, I can't. I don't I think can't. you can be a local, but you if you could. Now, my wife and the family, they get in the way of anything fun. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Damn them. We need bigger beers. Yeah. Plus, I do like this, that when you know a couple of people who work here, I don't have to get up to get a beer. I just yell, because Mary Francis is right there. Yeah. And then I can just yell to Mary Francis. There's like the vibe. Well, you know, at the seas, your move was the slam on the... They don't like that. They don't like... Trust me. The, the, the waitress or bartender the doesn't pint. like when you slam the pint down. They do not. You know, we haven't, you haven't done that in a long time. Not in... in uh, if, if, well, okay. I've done that recently without you guys around. But as I like to say, I like to shake up all the sediment at the bottom. I just want to make sure I'm getting all of the beer there. Yeah, they don't like that. They're so good because they just hear the slam. It's like, uh, oh. yeah. and out come a bunch of beers. So here you go. Yeah, see? So it yeah. works. 
It is a wild thing that Dan does that. I don't know if you've seen that, Brendan. Have I, you? I don't know. I All I know is, like, Dan is kind of a complete renegade when it comes to bars. We, <laughs> bar we, etiquette? Bar etiquette. One time, exist. I think I was six months into working here, and we all went out to dinner, and you guys were late. You were meeting with somebody in sales, and you guys were all late, and it was just Dan and I, and Dan kept getting bothered at the bar uh, by, by some, like, random fan, and he's like, I- I'm going to go outside, grab us two beers. I said, I don't think we could take beers outside. And he's like, okay. And then he just walks outside. And so I was just like, all right, I guess I have to get two beers to go. And yeah. I just ordered two beers and brought him outside. And he's just, he does whatever he wants when it comes to to the running bar. Yeah, yeah. There's sometimes that he's just sort of like, uh, and, well, and I remember the first time seeing Dan do that where it's down at the seas. And back then there was a lot more beer and wings after the show than, than there is now. You yeah. know, uh, we're mm-hmm. sort of, I don't know how long you can really sustain having beer, drinking beers and eating wings every day after the show for your lunch. Yeah, you all seem pretty, a little more health conscious in general. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I know for me, I was like 20 something years old or whatever, you know, or like maybe 31 at max, you mm-hmm. know, so I was like, man, I don't really care. That's only recently have I gotten health conscious. And I feel like Dan actually, too, he's just the last oh, yeah. few years, he's really turned it on. Um, but yeah, he would just like sort of sit there. And you would hear like, and you're talking, and you're like, "What the hell is he doing?" And then you do it again. He'd be like, "Yeah." So anyway, the Yankees are gonna. <laughs> Why are you slamming that glass on the table, dude? And then all of a sudden, like four beers would come out. You're like, "Oh my god, that worked!" He's like, "I wouldn't try it if I was you." Yeah. Like you kind of have to know Dan's sense of humor sometimes to. Yeah, a little Danny Jawface in there. A little Danny Jawface, let him get away with that kind yeah. of stuff. Because I know if I did that, it'd be like, "Hey, guy." Get out. Yeah, hit the brakes, buddy. Why don't you get the hell out of here, okay? I don't know yeah. who the hell you are. But, yeah, Dean's is, uh, Dean's is a special place. And, you know, when he, Dan sort of gave that whistle over to get the beer, that was met with a middle finger. And we right. met, eventually there, somebody did go get us some beers, but it, it did not have the same effect as slamming the glass on the, on the table. Yeah. I th- so my brother had taken me there before, but I had not been there with uh, the Dan Patrick system. Yeah, and so that was a that was a fun <laughs> shoot day. <laughs> yeah, the uh, lot lot of drinking, a lot of beers. It's, yeah. it's cool, cool, cool spot. Yeah, yeah, it's a great spot. Uh, and actually, Dan talked a little bit about why he loves Dean's. A lot of memories, though. I, what I loved about this place is that it's in a touristy area, but there's such a local vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And I sat at the bar, came in by myself one time, and I had a burger. And the next thing I know it's just locals behind me and they just started talking and then i realized that it that's the vibe that i love that it wasn't you know there were people who came in from out of state but the fact that you had locals who came here and the burger is one of the best burgers i ever had um and the beer on tap friendly people uh you know mary francis was bartender and she's one of my favorite people tj running the place it's you know it it's changed a little bit, but the vibe has not changed at all. How do you do that in the shadow of like the Santa Monica Pier, which is such a, a tourist destination? Like you said, I mean, it's an iconic spot that everybody goes to, but you still pull off that locals vibe. Is that the staff? Is that? It feels like there's a lot of repeat customers because of the burger, the people who were the wait staff, the people who've been working here, been working here. I've been coming here for over 20 years. Yeah. I'm trying to think. It might have been 1992 
was it Lakers Pacers maybe the first time in the NBA Finals I mean it's been wow. that long that yeah. I've been coming here and it's the it's the same people and so it's sort of you know what you get when you go in and that's I guess what you want in a bar mm -hmm. I know who, who I'm going to see I know what I'm going to get the burger's great the beer's great and you know the vibe was great that that's pretty much everything for a bar right yeah, Did I mean, you want? that, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, staff, what? good burger, and beer. I mean, there's that's just, I don't know. And there's something about, obviously, like a burger, how important a good burger is at your local bar because it, the two just go so well together. So that that's uh, that's awesome. And since 92, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's a while to yeah. keep hitting the same spot a couple times a year, I guess. Yeah, but. That's, that's cheers status. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But they do, they do manage. It does feel like locals. It feels like people coming in like right from work just to grab a quick bite before they go back or something like that. You know, like office people come over and sit down and eat. And, you know, those are people that are just there for, for work, you yeah. know, like work crowd. Absolutely. And then you get some of the beach crowd who may or not be tourists or they might be people who just have the day off or maybe they just don't even work. They just yeah. go to the beach. You see those people that are actual surfers? You can yeah. just you can read them right off the bat. You're like, oh, that's a real surfer, and he's eating a beer, or eating a burger, and drinking a beer here. Right, right, yeah. So. It's uh, that's one of the first places though that Dan took us over to. That I'm like, all right, this dude gets it. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You know, he just he's pretty low key. That's people. Dan's he's got a little bit of a dual personality in that way. In that he's very much like just give him you know a pint of bud and some wings. But he's also the guy that if you wanted to break down Japanese whiskey with, he can do that well yeah. with you, you know, or he knows a great bottle of wine. He knows he knows great art. He knows all of this stuff. So he's he's got a, a really good ability or amazing ability to sort of be comfortable in any situation where it's like just super salt of the earth, um, grounded, humble people or like he can have dinner with a billionaire and hold his own in conversation and be interesting. Yeah, it's such a wide, wide range, which I think. That's why whenever anybody asks is, what's Dan like in person? It's like he's the same guy he is on the show. He can have a conversation with anybody about anything and, and hold his own. And super, super authentic, I guess, is like the, the, the word that, that comes to mind. I think it's what makes him such a great interviewer. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I've always believed that the, the strength of our show is Dan and, and him interviewing people. That's like what 80% of the show should be. You know, I, th I think it's just so important and when you have one of the best interviewers in the business certainly that i think you want to get more of that and i think what makes him such a great interviewer is that ability to meet somebody for the first time it could be like the biggest athlete star in the world and just through one sentence or two sentences just immediately get on the level with them where they're like oh yeah cool like dp's cool yeah he gets it you know it's just it's the way he asks the questions it's it's impressive it's awesome to watch yeah just, he like he have uh, like carlos boozer comes in studio or something right who carlos boozer's super cool i don't know that him and dan have ever met but he comes in hey carlos is like hey dan what's up man how you doing and dan just goes trying to hit a 15 footer <laughs> and like immediately like carlos is laughing he's like oh yeah all right i got you you're a shooter you know and like there's just a way that they immediately know that they could speak each other's language yeah so actually i don't know if we need to hit this one but i will anyway because you sort of say what does dan look for in a bar yeah, which is... Uh, um, which I feel like we might have kind of hit, but let's hear it anyway. Yeah. Is there something that you look for in a bar when you are, say, we are going to these cities and stuff? I know that there's things that I like that, to look for, and, and it is a very local vibe, but what do you like about a bar that it sort of hits that soft spot for you? I think the, the bartenders are really important. 
and that's what struck me here is Mary Frances and Danny, they, they've been here for a long, long time. And you walk in, there's no fanfare. I'll get your beer in a minute. Let me know if you want the double cheeseburger. And, yeah. and, and then you're, so that's all I'm, I'm looking for. It's not, let me just kind of blend in. And they allow you to blend in. Yeah. Um, and I just, there's a relaxed attitude about it, but there's an attention to detail. So it's sort of this juxtaposition that they have that they're like, oh, you know, casual, but then there's attention to detail. And I always appreciated that. I feel like this is a place too, and I know for a fact it is, that you can come here for the afternoon just to grab a beer, and all of a sudden it's like, where did the sun go? Oh, that's, that's I, odd. <laughs> I was in here one... I, I've done some damage. <laughs> I, I was here in an afternoon, and it turned into an early evening, <laughs> yeah. and then I think at one point there were people dancing on tables, and they're all local. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was just one of those where I went... I think I need to come back tomorrow night. Like uh, I think it was yeah. a Monday, and it was uh, that's what it was. But the music was blaring. A uh, guy who looked like Dan Fogelberg, uh, <laughs> the musician, was in here, and he was the worst dancer I ever saw. And he's married to Mary Frances, so I said, "That guy, he sucks. <laughs> he can't dance." And she goes, "That's my husband." <laughs> so oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but it was just that kind of vibe. I've stayed in touch with them. Even my son, who went to USC, would come here and bring yeah. his friends just because it's. He understood what I was looking for in, in, in a bar. Yeah, and it, it is very much a place that you come for lunch and stay for dinner. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's what off the seat and path is kind of about, right? Just finding that bar where it just feels feels like home, away yeah. from home. Yeah. There's nothing better than your hometown bar. Uh, and then when you can find them all over the country, you're like, right. man, this is pretty sweet. This is it. Yeah, <laughs> I could travel like this, man. This is awesome. We That's... do have a trip coming up to Washington, D.C. Mm. Uh, pretty soon for the uh, like MLB All-Star Weekend that right now I'm a little – I am sh- I know I can find a bar in Anywhereville, yep. USA. Remember Minneapolis? We were, were trying to hunt down that one good bar, and finally we just – we found a bar while we were looking for a bar to grab lunch <laughs> in, yeah. and we went in there, and we're like, Oh wait, this is it. Yeah, like, this, this is like is perfect. This is the spot. We had spent like hours researching trying, bars yeah, trying and to find going craft beers and all this stuff, and then we're just like, wait, this is a bar with good cheap beer and like they had antlers coming out of the yeah. ceiling. I'm like, this is exactly <laughs> the place I wanted. We're in Minneapolis. There's a shark on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Where the hell does shark come from? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but if you're in the uh, Washington D.C. area or you know of really good bars that would sort of fit the off the seat and path model, um, you know, shoot us. I don't know, tweet or tweet yes, at us. Or, tweet at the show. Yeah, you can tweet figure it. that out. I'm at, hi, my name is Seton. Brendan, you're at Tweet Dreams. That's right. Um, yeah, you could hit us up there. Um, and, uh, yeah, D.C. coming up soon. I think we're going to do another New York City one maybe. Yeah, we got New York coming up. Yeah, yeah. But make sure you go go to the Dan Patrick Show app, check out all these videos, and then sort of the point of this podcast is to be a companion piece to the videos that we're shooting. Right, um, if you want to know more about the video if you've seen the video and you want to know more you can listen to the podcast or vice versa right if you listen to the podcast and you're like oh man i want to go check out that video but don't don't do it at the same time that would be confusing that would be extremely confusing yeah. to do that they won't sync up they will not sync up this isn't a director's commentary no this is a a very valid yeah uh, warning for people <laughs> to be safe out there yeah um yeah so i think that that's it that's a little bit of insight into the beginning of the show and sort of uh uh, my relationship with Dan, Brendan. Do you remember how you 
uh, well, you've sort of told meeting Dan that first beer story. That first beer. And, and, and when we were outside, we are just drinking these beers on the sidewalk in New York City, and he's just like, so do you like it here? And I was just like, I, I do. You mean New York City or with the show? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And no, it's just beers with Dan, it just it helps cut through. Because it's just, I think beers in general, you just, there's something about having a beer in your hand and then having a conversation. It just flows. Even if you're not toasted, like, you still, it still just gets the conversation moving. Yeah. So, yeah. cool. Uh, what was your initial impression of meeting Dan? <laughs> Were you very familiar with him to I was start? I relatively. Mean, I mean, as, as much as, as anybody, um, I'm, I'm not a huge, huge sports guy, but I knew the name. And, yeah. and, you know, the rest of my family really knew the name, which they were <laughs> incredibly jealous. They're like, you're, so you're going to go work for Dan Patrick? I was like, yeah. Like, yeah. And then I meet him, and the first thing he says is, like, he just slapped me on the shoulder, and he's like, all right, don't be afraid to do something. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Don't be afraid to do some work around here. Yeah. Yeah, that's Dan. I was, like, here for, like, 35 seconds or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. 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 It's a t- it's a tough place to start working at. It's cool, but when it, you when you, there are some people who aren't able to break through, and I I don't really know how to describe the dynamic, but the the room can be tough sometimes. It can be pretty tough, and uh, when you're you sort of work in the back room, you would be what we refer to as a BRG, a back room guy. Yeah, uh, and there are some people who have worked here who haven't been able to make it into the front room. Like they could never really break through, mm-hmm. and uh, then like after a while, you're like, well, if this guy's just going to sit back there the whole time, then I don't know why you're working here. Right. You know, like I, I get that it's a tough room, but you got to figure out a way to do this or then don't even bother coming kind of thing. And honestly, at, once you get through some of those early stages of fear of, of what, you know, you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, you'll see there is endless opportunity. Endless. Like Dan, as soon as I started bringing up ideas I had to Dan and sort of got that flowing, he, he was just like, do it. I'll back you. Yeah. As long as you can give me... As long as like you run it by me or or you believe in it, I'll back you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of him. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's he, a, it's a really rare, rare opportunity. Yeah, he just want he wants you to work. He doesn't want to hold your hand, right? You know, and and uh and yeah, I mean, he's like it's it is sort of endless opportunity, and he knows that he sees that, you mm-hmm. know, and that's kind of what he wants out of people. Yeah, that that once you, once you recognize that freedom and you sort of just chase it once yeah. you've earned his trust, right? It's, uh, endless opportunities. Yeah, it's great. Um, well, yeah, man, that's good stuff. That's a fun little walk down memory lane. Mm. You know, um, yeah. I want to I want a burger and a beer now. Yeah, I think I think it's about time to actually yeah. go get a burger and a beer. Uh, but thank you, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, go to huckberry.com/dpshow. And uh, let them know that you uh, like Off the Seat and Path. And, um, go and see Big Deans. Go see Big Deans. Yeah. Go say hello to everybody there. Buy a bunch of beers and have some fun. Don't get on the tables. Nope. Don't um, dance on the tables. Don't, I would not. If, look, you can do whatever you want, but I would not challenge anybody there to, to a chugging contest. Especially not Mary. Don't, yeah, Mary Francis, you don't want any part of that. Nope. Um, but thanks again for listening. And Off the Seat and Path is produced by myself, Brendan Pike. And DJ Spar with additional production help from Anthony Gamboa, Matt McCready, Josh Cole, Brian Rovenpera, Brian Queskin, Paul Klingberg, Mario Miranda, and Dan Overlock. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.